coming up in this show. I think there's a real tension between life and livelihood amongst our clients at the moment. And I think they are feeling that obviously life is the most important and therefore to obey all the lockdown rules and, and do things properly is important. But as we move on, livelihood is really climbing up what they're worried about and, and will there be jobs and what will those jobs look like and what kind of business do they work for? And that's where I think a lot of our clients are at the moment. That was Sophie Norris from London-based PR agency Flagship PR. In a few minutes, she's joined by Hannah Kerslake and my co-host Simon Quarrenden to discuss how the lockdown is unfolding and how marketing and communications people need to adapt. I'm Dom Hawes, and you're listening to Marketing Trek, the podcast for professional people with a passion for marketing and communications. Each episode, we seek to sneak under the skin of a business issue to bring you original opinion, thought leadership, and tips and tricks on what really works. You can get involved too by visiting our website at martrekpodcast.com and signing the guestbook or even reviewing our podcast. We'll tell you how to do that at the end of today's show. We wanted to explore the behaviours and attitudes that in-house marketing and communications teams are sharing with their agency partners. We just get a feeling that a lot of brands aren't quite sure what to say, when to say it, or how to say it. And that's when the communication professionals come to the fore. What started out as a discussion about how Marcom's people should adapt to relaxing lockdown rules ended up focusing on one industry that's been particularly hard hit, the travel industry. Hannah and Sophie right at the very coalface of client business. So Simon and I are very pleased to welcome them to the show, and we're going to dive right in. Over the last few weeks, we've seen quite a lot of relaxation in the lockdown rules, but they only really relate to social interaction. There's still a lot of uncertainty about how this is going to translate into the office environment, and particularly, in our case, how that's going to affect marketing and communications teams. So what are progressive clients doing right now to ensure that their companies are front of mind and that they're communicating both appropriately and effectively. A lot of our clients are taking this time to have a think about what they want to achieve on the, you know, on the other side of this, what they want to communicate, and also, you know, how they can actually communicate effectively now, what content they can produce that is actually helpful and considerate of the situation and how they can really guide their audience and, and you know, help them in the best way they can. I think there's a real tension between life and livelihood amongst our clients at the moment. And I think they are feeling that obviously life is the most important and therefore to obey all the lockdown rules and, and do things properly is important. But as we move on, livelihood is really climbing up what they're worried about and, and will there be jobs and what will those jobs look like and what kind of business do they work for? And that's where I think a lot of our clients are at the moment. So there is a real need to do things right, and that includes marketing. And so if anything, I think it's not hesitancy is the wrong word, but a real introspection on the kind of communications that they're putting out and the kind of messages that they want to give. And I think that's where we can really help clients. I mean, and actually, Hannah and I were talking about this earlier today, really help clients. Now is the time we've been doing this for a while now, and, and, and we've been good for a while. And I'm certainly not saying we stop being good. But I think we can start to push our clients into thinking what happens next. So if we come out of lockdown, what does that look like? Like Hannah said, said what does a new normal that still has social distancing in it look like? And how do you communicate in that? And if this lockdown carries on, we still need to communicate. So how do you do that? And, and what are the right messages to be putting out? What do our clients' customers want to hear? 
And I think we have a really big role in, in that. So we can be the eyes and ears of their customers in a lot of way. And what will resonate with authenticity and compassion and not just feel pushy. And that's, so there's a lot of sort of tension in the, in the sort of like a wire tension with clients on how they do things and do things correctly. Yeah. Uh, you know, as the lockdown started to unwind, I think some of that pressure might have eased. But let's be clear, it's still not certain that there's a clear path back to the workplace for most people. So I think that tension is going to exist for quite some time yet. seems to me that certainty might be the key. We used to be pretty confident in how we did things, but now many people can't, kind of aren't quite so sure. Simon, what do you think? There's almost a dichotomy here of pre-COVID, it was about brashness. And it was sort of a big focus on commercialization. And, you know, particularly if you were living in London, you know, you were conscious this was a very, very busy place. And this enforced idleness has, has given us all, a, you know, frankly, a chance to kind of take a step back. And, and, you know, brashness has definitely been replaced with a sense of humility. I genuinely believe that we're going to see, after it's all, a, a much kinder society. And so all marketing and brands in particular, brands are going to need to slightly I'm not. I'm only going to use the word pivot once, and then that's it. Then it's banned mm-hmm. from this podcast. But um, you know, all the brands are going to have to shift, and they're going to have to subtly shift their messaging to reflect this new, I hope, kinder, more compassionate society. So you know, hallelujah, goodbye to brashness, hello to kindness. I yeah, Simon, I couldn't agree with you more. And actually, about probably nine months ago, we were brainstorming for a client. So well before COVID even. It's a twinkle in anybody's eye. And we were talking about morality. And, you know, we've been through the Industrial Revolution and we've been through the Technological Revolution. And I actually think for a while we've been bouncing around this idea of a morality revolution where we seem to have lost our way in what in taking our own responsibility and what was the right, good, honest, decent thing to do. And I think this has really turbocharged that. And I am the mother of two teenagers. And I know what they expect from their brands is going to be very different from what people expect today and how they expect to interact in the world and what they expect from us is very different. And I'm hoping that this will sort of turbocharge a new way of working together and being together. And I actually think businesses can be at the very heart of driving this change forward. In fact, they should be. In many ways, they're the, you know, they're the new philanthropists, aren't they? And they can, they can drive this new way of communicating. And I was watching, I was watching the Big Night In and uh, they were using the hashtag Be Kind and be kind isn't just a social media construct. It actually is how we should all be working with each other now. So, yeah, really important. And just on that sort of be kind element, I think Sophie's there is talking about that larger company message and strategy. But even for us at Flagship and the way we're dealing with our clients at the minute is a very much a you know, considerate, kind response because, you know, some of these companies have had to either cut back their fees or gone on hiatus. And I think for us, we're focused on this long-term relationship with our clients. So even those ones that maybe have had to cut back a bit on their communication spend, we're having regular catch-ups and touching base with them because, you know, we care about them. And actually, it's been nice to hear that they care about us as well on, on you know, the other side. So, we're getting to know our clients in a completely different way to how I think we ever expected. And the relationships, long-term relationships with them will be stronger because of it. We used to do that over long boozy lunches. <laughs> no, they've all gone. We can That's do it over long boozy Zooms. <laughs> yeah, I've always maintained the best relationships are those that are made during times of hardship. And when everything's going well, right, it's really easy to get on with people. 
but it's when the chips are down that, um, that, that those things that really matter come to the fore. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. But um, so one of the things I'm fascinated by when I think about public relations and in influencing people, particularly through the use of stories, words, um, however you're choosing to communicate, is that everyone's environment has completely changed. So they're not commuting. So does that affect how they consume? They're not sitting at their desks at work all day. Does that change how they consume? They're surrounded by friends and family. I love these videos, the video conferences where the kids run in the background. You know, Everyone's environment is different, which is going to change their psychology. It's going to change how they consume. It's going to change what they want to consume. How, how's the world of PR advising clients? Is there a way that people can react to those sorts of changes pos- positively, Sophie? I've been speaking to uh, some features editors on nationals and editors of specialist titles for clients um, actually to talk about just that. What are, what are they interested in? How are their readers consuming what they're putting out? And the overriding response has been there is no wrong at the moment. I mean, this is joy for PR. There is no wrong. They are looking for stories in a way they've never had to before. And you really can't make mistakes. The press are open to more than they've ever been before. And they are struggling. They are struggling. Their systems are creaking because they are working from home. Things are slower. Hannah sat in on a, she can probably talk about it in a second, in a webinar, all about this. But, you know, they're, they're relying on email like they haven't had to, they're having to read their emails, which is unbelievable. <laughs> um, they're relying on them. Phone calls aren't as powerful as they used to be. They're having to find stories in a different way. And they are just... It is a, I think PR is at the top of the marketing pile at the moment in terms of getting stories and messages out there because the press need us. They need us more than ever. And there was a stat by Havas Media Group last week that 69% of us are, are watching live news streams every day, which means the BBC, by and large, doesn't it, or Sky or whatever. So we are, we are watching news constantly at the moment. So there are huge opportunities. You know, funnily enough, on several articles and webinars that I've joined talking about how can we as communications professionals be sensitive to journalists and still be pitching in the right way, a lot of them have actually said, make your spokespeople available for video interviews because actually everyone's at home, so everyone can film, they can prepare, everyone has the same dodgy camera, maybe a microphone somewhere. We're actually having some fun playing around with one of our clients in particular just trying to film comments and get them out to producers and position him as a, a spokesperson that's available for these video interviews because that's you know where everyone is getting their news at the minute. So a great time to be in in PR. Are you trying to tell me that journalists don't mind people calling them now saying, "Did you get my press release?" Yeah, no, they still hate that. <laughs> and there was a hilarious bit of advice in um in a report that said, "Send an email, send a follow up email, don't send any more." So, you know, the, the old rules still apply, but the difference is there is no wrong. So they're just much more open to receiving fresh new stuff, which I don't, I don't, you know, th- that preciousness seems to have disappeared. They're just more open to collaborating. One of the other things actually that I heard from a journalist is because they're not in the newsroom in the same way, they're not bouncing ideas around with their colleagues in the same way. So they're actually doubting, you know, whether how strong a story is because they can't do that bounce around. So the better a story comes in 
packaged up with, you know, other sources to back up what you're saying or images to go along with it because they can't send a photographer out. Anything that you can do to just really package up the story for them makes their life a hell of a lot easier. This is a great time for the BBC. If the, the mood music towards the BBC has changed dramatically and possibly even a year ago, you'd have been reading in the press about does it have a future? And, you know, the music coming out of Westminster is we don't, you know, we don't like the BBC and we're going to try and diss it. That That's all changed. You know, this is a real proof of in times of crisis, people go to trusted brands and you can't get a more trusted brand than the BBC. I mean, what this is going to do, of course, is to push an awful lot of publications over the edge. Um, those that have moved to digital will, pro- will probably never come back. They'll never print another print version again for some of the smaller ones. And, you know, we can, depending if you like reading print newspapers, you can take a view on whether that's a good thing or not. You know, it's, all that flaky stuff has just got burnt off. And and the, the BBC is back, back, you know, front and centre. We love the BBC. Let's change tack because there is one part of business, and I know you guys work in this sector, that uh, it was the first one to be affected and it has been seriously affected, which is the travel business. The whole industry has been furloughed, but, you know, people still need to dream. We're all, especially now, right? The thought of crystal white beaches or, you know, a, a, a clean aired mountain for skiing. We need to dream, yet are there companies still around feeding that dream or is everyone literally just put everything on hold? Uh, no, there are. There are. And so there's two sides to it. I mean, one, the travel industry is in not just in the UK, but across the world is is fighting for its life. And I think that is not to be underestimated or taken lightly. And, you know, you were talking from people living, you know, subsistence lives, cleaning in their local hotels up to the owners of huge international businesses. So it's not something to be taken lightly, but you're absolutely right. I think that hope and that dream element is crucial to ensure that there is an industry at the end of it. And we are seeing our clients do a lot of stuff like virtual virtual tours. So they're, they're, they're sharing, you know, this time last year, look at Freshwater Bay on the Isle of Wight or check out exactly Christine White Beach or here's somebody doing a crazy roller coaster ride or whatever it might be. This is a lot of virtual experiences you can join in from a consumer passion point of view, which I think are really powerful. And then other brands are being transparent in a way I've never seen them be transparent before. So brands like Kawoni and brands like Trivago who are, your CEOs are sharing their their strategies for what happens next very very transparently. So there is a, a there is a real pulling together of the industry across the globe, which I think is incredibly powerful. But there is hope stuff for sure going out there, and how they do it, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're working in impossible conditions. But also, the economics of the industry has changed as well. So the airlines in the past, I've I've advised various airlines, and I know that their their margins are wafer thin, and they really relied on the business section. They need the people that get on the plane and turn left to pay for the lots and lots of us that get on the plane and turn right. Nobody's going to get on the plane and turn left. And the the numbers are the load factors. Everything has gone upside down. You know, who would have thought that Airbus are going to kill off one of their most popular airliners because it's just too big? You know, Mm -hmm. you cannot fill 500 people on an A380. And the A380 has only been in, in production for less, less than 20 years. years. Yeah. Less than 10 years. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a dinosaur. I mean, who would have thought the A380 will, will never be seen in the skies again? So airlines in particular, the whole industry is going to have to reset its, its economics. If you're, the airlines are not generating the revenues from the business section, where's this going to come from? You, you, can't, you probably won't be able to get it from the consumers. So people will. I mean, the, the good news, of course, if you talk to people, the very first thing they're going to do when this is over is go for a drink in a pub. And the next thing they're going to do 
is book a holiday. So it is going to happen, whether it's going to be happening in time. But I think the economics, it's going to take a decade for the economics to be sorted. Yeah, it's about focus. I think it's about it's like a, looking through a new kaleidoscope. I totally agree with you. And it's going to it's going to be the pub first and then it's going to be a vacation or a, or a long weekend, sorry, down the road. And then it's maybe going to be a one or two week holiday in, on the Isles of Scilly or the Isle of Wight or Cornwall or where, you know, it's going to be domestic and local travel that you can drive to and from and maintain an element of self-isolation. So self-catering is going to go through the roof. Ferry travel is going to go through the roof. But absolutely, that some, the airline industry needs to get together and work how they're going to get people back on planes. Speaking of flying, time has literally flown and we are at the end of the show. Before we go, Hannah, a lot of people listening to this might not have PR companies on board. What three top tips can you give them that will help them communicate effectively themselves? Firstly, I would say take this time to do some research. Research your competitors, research the market, research your audience, really get to know them well and use that to drive creativity, content and campaigns. Secondly, I would say refine your pitching skills. If it is email that we're doing, then you know make sure that you're really packaging up your story in the best way possible. And thirdly, pick up the phone to people you know, whether that's a client, whether it's a journalist that you have a good relationship with, pick it up, ask them how they're doing, ask them what they're working on, ask them how you can help. Hannah and Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed that interview. And I know you guys have got your own podcast about to go live. So I wish you the very best of luck with that. Simon, that is all we have time for today. So thank you everybody for listening. If you've enjoyed today's show, please tell us. And why not subscribe to our podcast by going to martrekpodcast.com or finding us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, Deezer, and all sorts of other good podcast outlets. Simply search for Marketing Trek or Martrek and hit the subscribe button. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we would be really grateful if you would go to Apple Podcasts and review Marketing Trek. The more reviews we get, the more five-star reviews we get, the higher up their rankings we go, and the more people we can reach. So please take some time and help us get reviews. Thank you for listening, and until next time, that's a wrap. Marketing Trek is brought to you by Selby Anderson.